the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's time for Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquardt. Todd Marquardt, attorney at law in Texas. If you're a millionaire or a thousandaire, Talk Law Radio is now on the air. Call in with your business law question, your elder law question. Veteran aid, Medicaid, build a business to get paid. 210-308-8867. Or ask a question online at marquardlawfirm.com. That's M-A-R-Q-U-A-R-D-T, lawfirm.com. And now, it's Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquardt. Welcome to Talk Law Radio. I'm Todd Marquardt. We're on 9.30 a.m. The Answer, and we'll be streaming this Saturday, July 3rd, on 9.30 a.m. TheAnswer.com. So, the State Bar of Texas is the state agency that governs attorney law licenses, and the State Bar wants attorneys to inform the public about the law But because legal advice must be tailored to the specific circumstances of each case, and because laws are ever-changing, material discussed in this program is meant for general informational purposes only and is not to be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice. Although information has been gathered from sources believed to be reliable, please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information today should be relied upon only when coordinated with your individual professional advice. Marquardt Law Firm sponsors our show, and attorneys at Marquardt Law Firm focus on business and estate law, including last wills, living trusts, and tax-protected inheritance plans. New businesses and old businesses, which might have issues with corporations, contracts, limited liability companies, limited partnerships, and we can represent those who are facing problems from lack of planning, like lawsuits in uh, business court, family court, or uh, guardianships, probate, breach of contract, and personal injury. Check out our blog at marquartlawfirm.com to read about our latest news. Before we get started talking about the law, let's begin with prayer. Dear God, thank you for this day and for all the gifts and blessings that you give to us. Please forgive us our sins, for our mistakes, for doing the wrong thing, or failing to do your will. Please help Jonathan Hirsch, Alex Vollmer, and me give good information to the listeners about new Texas firearm laws today. Help us to use the gifts and talents that you have provided for the good of your people, for our own good, and for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Now it's time to discover your legal issue blind spots by listening to me talk about the law on the radio. Today we're going to be talking about firearms and gun laws. Now I support the literal interpretation of the Second Amendment to the United States Constitution, which is the right of an individual to keep and bear arms. If you don't support the Second Amendment the same way I do, it's okay. We can still be friends. If you have lost someone, tragically, because of a crime committed with a gun, I pray for the Lord to comfort you. Please grant me the same respect for the views that I grant to you. Okay, so we're going to be talking about gun laws. The Texas legislature and the Texas governor just passed a series of laws, and with me to discuss gun laws, as always, is attorney Alex Vollmer. And with us also is Jonathan Hirsch with Adelbridge uh, Firearms and Company. He's going to be helping us uh, see his perspective as a business owner on these views. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Welcome back, Alex. Uh, good morning. Thanks again. Yeah. Okay. So uh, give us an overview, Alex. So <clears throat> this year, uh, Governor Abbott and uh, the Texas legislature have passed uh, 
large number of new significant laws related to the Second Amendment in the state of Texas. And they affect everything from the right to carry a gun to uh, the enforcement of firearms laws by Texas officials within the state and certain types of firearms have uh, changed the the status of whether or not they're prohibited and some more technical changes that that we can discuss but um, I think that the the biggest news well the two biggest ones are House bill 2622 which declares the state of Texas as a second amendment sanctuary state let me stop you right there that's a good overview um, I think what the governor wanted to do was um, make Texas a sanctuary state for firearms, right? Yes. It, it's about making Texas – the uh, sort of the, the theme of, of this effort to pass this legislation has been don't tread on Texas, you know, similar to the Gadsden flag, the don't tread on me. Mm-hmm. And um, – for this this House Bill twenty six twenty two, I don't want to go there yet. Oh, okay, I want to talk to Jonathan about okay. uh, him and his business. So tell us a little bit about Adelbridge. So we're one of the largest retailers in the region. Uh, Nine thousand square foot showroom, uh, thousands of guns on display, great inventory, tons of ammunition, huge uh, sales event coming up with for the Fourth of July weekend. Oh, really? Yeah. Tell me more about the event. What is that going to look like? Uh, 10% off on uh, selected firearms, um, AR-type firearms, concealed carry firearms. It's going to be a huge event. On It's going to start Friday, and we're going to go through Monday. Wow, that's great. A great time to have it, celebrate our freedoms. You, you're in a new location. Tell us yeah, about that. Yeah, we just moved into the old Pier 1 Imports building at 7080 San Pedro Avenue, just south of North Star Mall. And conveniently okay. located next to Club Humidor. <laughs> but uh, what I what I heard was you have ammo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's not cheap right now. We do have a good selection of ammunition. Um, prices are high for the moment. Um market fluctuations, but we see it slowly inching back down. That's a good sign for everybody. Okay. Uh, prices are probably high for you too. Yeah, yeah. Prices in general are high on ammunition right now, but we've got a good supply and we feel like it's starting to, supply is starting to catch up right now. So we feel like we're going to be in a good position for 2021, 2022. Why do you think uh, people like to shop at your place? The selection is great. The layout is great. Um, location's great. And customer service, obviously, that that's what. Well, that's what Alex our... was telling me is that you like to talk to people. Yeah. Um, we make deals happen. Uh, think of it like the used car lot of uh, mm-hmm. the firearms industry where we do tons of trade-ins, uh, a lot of negotiating, wheeling, dealing, whatever we got to do to make the customer happy. That's That's our motto. Okay, so you don't just sell, you also buy and trade. Yeah, so we're huge in collector firearms. That That's um, one of my personal interests and, you know, a huge part of the business is uh, all the collectibles, World War One, World War II, 40s, 50s era, 60s era, commercial and military firearms, collectibles. Um, we, we love that stuff. That's what sets us apart from all the big box uh, retail stores is the cool old collectible stuff. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to going down there. And everybody there is uh, very friendly, and they'll talk guns, and they're, you know, they'll talk shop. They believe in what they're doing, and and you know, you go there, you're going to find some friends, and you're going to be able to spend some time getting what you want, and you'll learn a lot. Yeah, the the fact that Alex is a fan says a lot. <laughs> He's a very discerning customer, <laughs> right? Okay, so you have to have a license to do this. Tell us a little bit about that. So FFL, Federal Firearms License, it's a federally licensed, uh, we're regulated by the ATF and it's federal. So mm-hmm. state laws, that's where we're going with this conversation. They're one thing, but I'm licensed by the ATF and federal laws and regulations apply. And the ATF is the ones who come in and they'll audit you and check your books and everything, right? They're the good guys that uh, <laughs> we don't see them as the bad guys, that they allow us to do what we want to do. That our local branch, we love them, that they're great guys to work with, that they're here to support our industry. And 
we we go together hand in hand that without them there's no awesome without us there's no atf so mm-hmm. uh we make sure that everybody plays by the rules that uh everything's clean and spotless and nice and everything's great okay alex uh you have anything else to say about uh ffl federal firearms license um, from a I, legal perspective yeah i just think that it's important to remember the context of this entire conversation that you know while these texas laws are changing uh, that yes anybody that's in the business of selling firearms is going to be regulated by the atf and they're going to have to follow federal laws so that has a lot of bearing on what these laws are going to change as far as business mm-hmm. so uh, other than that um, okay and I just want to remind everybody that this all started in 1791 with the Second Amendment to the Constitution that says that we have a right to have firearms. And it doesn't matter why I want firearms. I can use them to go hunting or I can use them to uh, protect my home and my family. Um, but the point is I have the right to possess it and, and the Constitution prevents the government from passing laws that unfairly restrict me from having what I'm allowed to have. Uh, I don't expect the federal government to come in and tell me uh, what size of t- TV to have or or what type of oven to have in the kitchen, uh, just like I don't expect them to tell me which firearm I'm allowed to have and how long it's supposed to be or uh, how many rounds it's supposed to carry. Right, Alex? I, I couldn't agree with you more. Okay, so we're talking about the new laws that the Texas governor and Texas legislature passed. Uh, there's seven of them, and uh, the thought is that the governor wanted to make Texas more Texas. Right, Jonathan? So it seems to be the uh, trend in politics that uh, we're going to give our constituents what they want, that uh we're going to brand ourselves as more Texan, that this is obviously a conservative state. These are conservative values, and let's responsibly give more conservative values to our constituents. That's what they want. I was a little surprised that there were enough in the legislature to to pass it. What do you think, Alex? I'm, I'm not really surprised. Um, I think that in a you know in a state that still leans conservative and significantly so you're still going to have um you're going to have i would guess if you consider the second amendment um more to the right you're going to have uh, the moderate left side that's going to cross the aisle um which is i think how you know how that's this, what how happened. this happens yeah and um you know it's so this it, is sort of similar to what has happened with uh legalized marijuana in other states and sanctuary cities for undocumented immigrants? It is similar. Um, it's more similar for sanctuary cities for undocumented immigrants than it is for marijuana. So marijuana is, at the federal level, completely illegal. You know, it's mm-hmm. a Schedule One drug that is – it's in the same group as heroin, and in your um, past life, you were a criminal defense attorney. I, I was. That's, what, that's why I know about drugs. Right. Um, and it's completely illegal. And so all the, gov- all the federal government has to do is implicitly not enforce its laws in the states where the states have made, let's say, recreational use of marijuana legal. They, they weren't regulating it to begin with. So, you know. There's no issue. They just keep ignoring it. But with firearms, they're regulated. The government already has its fingers in those pies. And so you have now. Let me stop you right there. We're going to take a break for a commercial. When we come back, we'll talk more about the similarities and differences with uh, what Texas has done with these new protections for uh, Second, Second Amendment rights and uh, other laws like uh, sanctuaries for undocumented immigrants and sanctuaries for uh, medical marijuana and recreational marijuana. Stay tuned.
For years, we've heard how important it is to avoid probate through a living trust. You want to do the best thing, but frankly, don't quite understand what probate is or how a living trust can help you. Attorney Todd Marquardt can help. He makes it easy to understand so you can avoid what a nightmare probate could be for your family. Call and make an appointment. Marquardt Law Firm makes it so simple to set up a living trust so you can feel secure now. Call Marquardt Law Firm and find out how a living trust can help your loved one settle your affairs without a judge in court. Call 210-530-4278. That's 210-530-4278. Welcome back to Talk Law Radio. I'm Todd Marquardt. Here today with me is attorney Alex Vollmer and Jonathan Hirsch from Adelbridge and Company Firearms. And they are located on uh, at 7080 San Pedro Avenue, San Antonio, Texas, 78216. Uh, stop by and visit them at their new location. Uh, you might recognize it. It used to be Pier 1 Imports. So go check out Adelbridge and ask for Jonathan Hirsch. Alex says he's a nice guy. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> okay, so Alex was just uh, telling us that there are some similarities and differences between Texas as a sanctuary state for firearms and uh, those sanctuary states for uh, marijuana. Tell us more. So I'll give you an example. Let's say you have a state where recreational marijuana is legal. Just basically marijuana is legal within the state. So the federal government has never played a role in making sure that marijuana is sold legally at the federal level in that state because it's just illegal. With firearms, let's say you have firearms where, you know, in that state, the federal government does have a role. So even if you're complying with state law, you still have to comply with the federal law. So in Texas, they've removed suppressors from the list of prohibited weapons. But meaning you can you can manufacture a suppressor according to Texas law, but it's still going to be subject to the federal regulations. Um, and that's going to be an interesting experience to see how that plays out. Um, because you've still got to, you know, you have to manufacture it and license. possess it. And, and, and people that are licensed by the, the federal government, by the ATF, they're not going to really take advantage of this. Um, so I mean, I guess that would be a good question to ask, ask Jonathan. Um, are you going to be selling Texas manufactured suppressors outside of the, uh, the NFA? No, definitely not. That I've got a federally regulated license and. I'm going to go with federal law that uh, there's there's no way that I can step in and say, hey, Texas supports this and then risk my federal license over it. It can't happen. And and your freedom. Yeah. 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 Somebody's – whoever tries that is going to be charged with a felony. Yeah. I mean and the, the problem is what this Texas law does is says that according to Texas, any suppressor made from parts manufactured in Texas – and if the suppressor is manufactured in Texas and kept within the state's borders, that it's legal. But that is in contrast to federal law. So if you, you know, are at the local range and you see a state trooper, he's not going to be able to do anything about it. But if you see a ambitious ATF agent, he may arrest you, and you could be charged with the unlicensed possession of a, a, a of a suppressor. So this is House Bill 957, right? This is, yes, House Bill 957. It basically just re re repeals the Texas criminal offense of possessing, manufacturing, transporting, or repairing a silencer. But it is within the realm of possibilities that a regular Joe could see an ATF uh, employee yeah, checking the, on things. Yes. The corollary I would draw is to um, growing marijuana in a state where marijuana is legal. Um, the feds could decide to come in and uh, – The DEA. Uh, yeah. The DEA could come in and, and arrest, prosecute those people. Mm -hmm. um, but they've just decided not to. So similarly with suppressors, you know, you could have private citizens making suppressors. Um, there's a – structure where you can ask the state attorney general of Texas to request what's called a uh, declaratory a judgment. declaratory judgment from a from a federal district court that is a can of worms 
we don't know how that's going to play out, but you know, do you want to be the test case? I don't want to be it. No. Okay. So another related law that was passed was house bill two, six, two, two. Tell us about that one. So two, six, two, two is the sanctuary state for second amendment. Basically what it says is that Texas law enforcement officers and agencies and political subdivisions may not give assistance in enforcing federal firearms laws, but with a very, a couple of very specific caveats. Um, the pro- prohibition on Texas law enforcement enforcing these federal laws only applies to federal laws made after January 19th, 2021, which is the date that, uh, President Biden took office. So all the current federal firearms laws, state uh, law enforcement officers and agencies can still enforce. This sanctuary state bill is designed to protect the state of Texas from future infringements on the Second Amendment, such as confiscations, mandatory buybacks, i.e. confiscations by another name, registration schemes, and, and any other future limitations on the right to keep and bear arms. Yeah, so that's a a pretty big part of what's going to um, make it a sanctuary state. Mm -hmm. Well, there's certainly a lot of um, certainly a lot of proposals from uh, certain sectors of the government about increasing uh, restrictions restrictions and the teeth of the law are that any government agency or political subdivision that does not comply with this sanctuary status will be uh, ineligible to receive state government funding for up to a year um, after uh, after their violation. And then there's any, any individuals uh, that are experiencing political subdivisions not complying with this sanctuary status can petition the attorney general's office and the attorney general's office will go after that political entity that is enforcing these laws. Whether it's a city or, or town, mm-hmm. municipality. Yeah, it could be a municipality. It could be a county. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Jonathan, how do you think this will play out Texas as a sanctuary state for Second Amendment and firearms? So I think we're trying to carve out our little niche that this is uh, Texas, that this is what we do, this is what we want, and we're going to protect it. We're branding ourselves. But you mentioned earlier that we're number 20? As far as constitutional carry, we're the 20th state. Oh, okay. So constitutional carry has been around, but uh, the Second Amendment sanctuary state, I think that this is kind of new territory. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, let's talk about that, Alex. About the open carry? Yeah. So it's not – I'm sorry. It's not open carry. It's, It's House Bill 1927 and it's constitutional carry. Essentially, this is saying that Law-abiding Texas citizens, meaning anybody that would pass a background check to purchase a firearm, can carry concealed or openly in a holster a handgun. And so that's in addition to the uh, carry laws we already have for long guns, things like rifles and shotguns. Those You've been able to carry those for a long time. But previously, you needed a license to carry in the state of Texas to carry a concealed handgun um, or an openly carried handgun. Now, as long as you don't have a felony conviction, uh, certain misdemeanor convictions, domestic violence, domestic violence being one of them. But there's, I mean, there's some very specific requirements that even just a conviction for assault, not family violence assault, just regular assault, you can be. Uh, for at least five years from the date of conviction, uh, you're okay. not allowed to carry. So, you know, if you can buy a handgun, you can carry it. And you have to be age 21 or older. And then the specific laws that apply to unlawful carrying of a weapon, the criminal charge now, uh, they're still going to apply in general in that you can't carry a handgun or any any firearm, really, if you're drunk, but mm-hmm. mostly fi- mostly handguns. If you're carrying it while you're intoxicated, you're going to get charged with unlawful carrying of a weapon. If you carry it during the commission of a crime that is not 
a class C misdemeanor involving traffic, you're going to get charged with unlawful carrying of a weapon. And there's a list of uh, locations that that is that carrying of that firearm is prohibited, such as schools, sporting events, courts, government offices. And there's there's a very specific list out there. Mm -hmm. But very importantly, anybody that was convicted of unlawful carrying of a weapon that wasn't under any of those other specific circumstances may be eligible to have that conviction expunged um, as long as they were convicted of it prior to September 21st, 2021. So basically people that were convicted for what is now legal may be able to get that record cleaned. Yeah, so if they were carrying, they're not a, a felon, they just didn't have the license. Mm-hmm. They're going to be able to get that expunged. Yes, most likely. Um, there is, of course, some some requirements and some exceptions. But yeah, there's a large number of people out there that are going to be eligible for expunctions, which we can help with. Okay, we're going to take another break. This is 9.30 a.m. The Answer. And I'm Todd Marquardt, Talk Law Radio. We're going to take a break. We'll come back and talk more about how Texas is becoming a sanctuary state for the Second Amendment and for firearms enthusiasts. Stay tuned. Welcome back to Talk Law Radio. I'm Todd Marquardt, here with attorney Alex Vollmer and business owner, gun store owner, Jonathan Hirsch, owner of Adelbridge and Company Firearms on San Pedro. You'll probably recognize the building. It used to be Pier 1 Imports. And we were just talking about uh, the right to carry a firearm without a permit that was passed in House Bill 1927. And we're going to get into a new bill that was passed, Senate 19. Alex? Mm-hmm. And and if you don't mind, before we get back into that, sure. there's just a couple of pieces of really important information about that uh, constitutional carry law. Okay. There is no quote-unquote savings clause for carrying in prohibited places. Um, under the old law, if you carried into a restricted location like a school or a business that had opted out, you were given the opportunity to leave the premises upon a warning. Now, it went back to the old way. If you go in and somebody wants to charge you or the cops see you with a gun in some place, you're not supposed to have it, you don't get an opportunity to leave before they are legally allowed to arrest you. Oh. So be very, 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 very careful where you carry a firearm, um, especially if you're not licensed. Um, and then, uh, you know, that applies. I just wanted to say that does apply to, you know, something such as a bar where they derive more than 51% of their income from the sales of alcohol. But um, other than that, yeah, ready to move on to Senate Bill 19, which says that uh, the government may not contract with businesses that discriminate essentially against um, the Second Amendment or uh, the lawful commerce of uh, involving the Second Amendment. Even if it were like a law firm that was just Second Amendment friendly, like where you can go get your gun trust, if somebody is going to discriminate against more court law firm, then uh, the state wouldn't want to uh, do business with that discriminating business. Yeah, correct. Um Say that uh, you know Mr. Hirsch wanted to have a, uh, a company, a company bank account, and um, random bank, and that he wanted to do business with here in Texas said, "No, we're not going to let you open up a, a business account because we don't agree with you know the Second Amendment." Uh, that 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 company that had discriminated against Mr. Hirsch's business would not be eligible for government contracts. So it's a, an incentive for these these other businesses not to discriminate against those engaged in the lawful, lawful commerce. And, um, and I think, I think Mr. Hirsch actually had something to say about that. Tell yeah, us. Yeah. So operation choke point, uh, 2013 that the government, uh, colluded. I don't know if that's the right word, but put pressure on, uh, the banking industry on, uh, who they're allowed to do business with and how they're allowed to do business. And we, we felt it that, um, 
credit card processing, that that's a huge industry that if you own a small business, your mm -hmm. phone is constantly ringing off the hook with people soliciting, hey, take my credit card machine, do mm -hmm. my swipes, that uh, massive, massive industry. But who we're allowed to do business with, that there are specific banks that engage in the business of uh, FFL credit card swipes, that there's not an unlimited amount of Visa card processors oh, out there. Really? There's a very small number of banks that are willing to do business with the firearm industry. And then with that, we get an economies of scale issue that uh, these are the little guys, the, the niche uh, boutique guys that are able to do business with the firearms industry. And, of course, rates aren't as good as Target or mm -hmm. Walmart. Those guys are getting way cheaper credit card swipes, basically free. We're paying X amount because... Uh, we're only allowed to do business with a certain amount of banks. Uh huh. And so that's still going on. Yeah, that's absolutely. That's just not something absolutely. of the past. And then we, to get into like uh, the finer points of business, we have a point of sale system with integrated credit card processing. But that's the catch is that uh, we have to move outside of our uh, point of sale system to do business with other banks. Um, point of sale, it's basically your cash register terminal. Uh -huh. We had to hack the software, so to speak. We had to uh, do a workaround because the point of sale system that we chose doesn't allow sales with the firearms industry. Wow. Uh, this is a real impact on business. Mm -hmm. So hopefully this law will help change that. Hopefully so. It'll definitely offer an incentive to certain to certain sectors, yeah. Um, but it, it, it's a it's a decision they're going to have to make. It, it can't prohibit them from doing it. It just incentivizes them. Another Senate bill, number 20, that um, removed prohibitions was uh, to require hotels to allow uh, patrons to carry their firearms at the hotel so or store them store, there. Store, yes, store their firearms in their hotel rooms. Yeah, uh, this bill is pretty self-explanatory. Uh, you know, some hotels were just saying, no, you can't, you can't store them in your room. And, you know, there's a very, very good public policy uh, behind this in that if you are staying at a hotel room or you're staying at a hotel and you're not allowed to store your firearms in your hotel, where are you storing them? Where? In your pocket. Well, or <laughs> in your vehicle. Yeah. And, more firearms get stolen from vehicles than than homes or hotel rooms. Um, it's it's the number one location from which firearms are stolen. So it, it it's you know going to prevent a lot of property damage, a lot of theft, and uh, it's going to reduce the amount of uh, manpower the police need to uh, put out on the street every day if they're not you know responding to three times as many vehicle break-ins because. Oops! Someone left their, you know, their Glock case visible under the seat. Um, yeah, it's it's good all the good all around. Okay, how about the Senate Bill five fifty? So Senate Bill five fifty, I believe, is the one that changes the um, the requirement for carrying a gun in a shoulder or belt holster. So it literally just removes the words shoulder or belt language, making the statute simply say that you may carry these weapons as long as uh, the handgun is carried in a holster. And so I have, I have a question for Mr. Hirsch is, so other than a belt holster or a shoulder holster, what other kind of holsters are there? Well, you got belly band holsters, you've got fanny packs, you've got ankle holsters, uh, you've got slings that kind of blur the line between what's a holster and, and what's a sling. And so what's the pub public policy behind prohibiting certain types of holsters? Well, I think that uh, now that you're allowed to carry these firearms concealed, um, when this law was passed, the holster requirement applied to openly carried firearms when you were allowed to carry an openly an openly carried firearm only with you had a license to carry. And it required open, openly uh -huh. be carried. And so it had to be secured in either a belt holster or a, I guess a shoulder holster so that 
I, I guess they thought those were holsters that m- were more suited to being open. Well, I think it's so that they know where to look. That's a good point, too. That's a good point, too. But, but uh, now you can carry it wherever you want. Yeah. And I, I just never thought I forgot about something like fanny packs. Um, <laughs> wait, and you you laugh, but my um, uncle's brother-in-law was a, a federal marshal, a U.S. marshal, and mm-hmm. he always had a fanny pack on. And I asked him one time, well, he has to carry his firearm on him all the time. But mm. if he's mowing the lawn, if he's at Disney World, doesn't matter. So, you know, <laughs> that was the most convenient for oh, him. Yeah. It's a, it's very usable. Yeah. Okay. Another um, Texas law that was passed was House Bill 1500. Tell mm-hmm. us about that one. So this is very, very much a response to one, something like a hurricane um, when people are evacuating from, say, the coast, the Texas coast. Um, and in particular, it's a response to COVID. There were there was a lot of confusion about what businesses were going to be considered essential businesses and what businesses could be shut down by local, municipal, county, state, you know, governments. And there was no uniformity in the application of that. So in some municipalities, in some counties, um, you know, firearm, firearm stores and ammunition sources were being shut down and told they couldn't open. And this bill says that in a state of disaster, or if there's a disaster declaration, that those businesses are essential businesses and they can't be shut down and they can't be told to not operate um, because it's a, a fundamental right and it's fundamental. Those need to be open so that people can protect themselves. And I know that with uh, – COVID with coronavirus and with a lot of the political unrest in the last year, a lot of people's opinions on firearms have changed. And so there's a lot of people that are going to be happy to see that this access is assured in mm-hmm. in interesting times. This is huge for us when COVID kicked off and businesses were being shut down. There was a window there where I didn't know if I was an essential business or not that mm-hmm. – uh, I'm just waiting for them to say, hey, sir, you got to close your doors. Mm -hmm. And they came out and said, okay, you're essential. You can keep going. But there was weeks there where I was operating without, you know, without any guidance that uh, this draws the line in the sand that it makes it very clear. So it helps us that another disaster, another uh, public emergency or public health crisis strikes. We've got very clear definition. That's great for business owners. Yeah, good. Glad to see it was passed. So those are seven laws that have uh, just recently been passed in Texas. Uh, House 2622 makes Texas a sanctuary state for the Second Amendment. House Bill 957 um, allows a suppressor made in Texas, intended to stay in Texas, is not to be regulated by the ATF. Did I say that right? It's no longer it's no longer a criminal offense under Texas um, law. Under Texas law, so it's still going to be really confusing for <laughs> anybody to uh, understand because yeah. it's a conflict between states' rights and, and yes. federal. Basically, if you make a home built silencer and you don't go through the federal registration process. Texas isn't going to come after you, but the feds might. That's it. When we come back, Jonathan, I want to talk about this uh, homemade suppressor with you because you have a lot of experience between different brands. I mean, you've seen lots of different suppressors. So when we come back, we'll talk to you about that. For years, we've heard how important it is to avoid probate through a living trust. You want to do the best thing, but frankly, don't quite understand what probate is or how a living trust can help you. Attorney Todd Marquardt can help. He makes it easy to understand so you can avoid what a nightmare probate could be for your family. Call and make an appointment. Marquardt Law Firm makes it so simple to set up a living trust so you can feel secure now. Call Marquardt Law Firm and find out how a living trust can help your loved one settle your affairs without a judge in court. Call 210-530-4278. That's 210-530-4278. Four 
Welcome back to Talk Law Radio. I'm Todd Marquardt. We're on 9.30 a.m. The Answer, and later we'll be on Apple Podcasts, and you can always find recorded shows on www.talklawradio.com. Here today with uh, Alex Vollmer, attorney for Marquardt Law Firm, and Jonathan Hirsch. He's with Adelbridge and Company Firearms here in San Antonio, located on San Pedro. What What's the address? 7080 San Pedro Avenue. 7080 San Pedro. It's the old Pier 1 Imports. Great big place, lots of inventory, have lots of ammunition, and they're having a sale, July 4th sale, uh, starts on Friday, Friday the 2nd. I think Saturday's the 3rd. Uh, all the way through Monday the 5th. Correct, sir. Okay, great. We were just getting into uh, back into suppressors because it's uh, interesting and a lot of people in Texas want to have a suppressor so that they don't lose their hearing. So let's go back to that. Uh, Jonathan, you've had lots of experience with suppressors. Um, do you think that everybody's going to want a homemade suppressor now? I think people will want it. There's there's definitely a demand for a homemade suppressor for sure that if you don't have to wait nine months and you don't have to pay a $200 federal tax stamp and you can concoct your own homemade suppressor, I, I think there's demand there for sure. Mm-hmm. What would be the, the disadvantage of having a homemade one? What would be the advantage of having one that was built professionally? Well, exactly that, that uh, professional-grade stuff, uh, a lot less uh, – uh, security risk that, uh, when I say security, I mean, uh, major, uh, fatal flaw, uh, catastrophic failure. Oh. That if you're building your own suppressor, uh, you're assuming a lot of liability there that, um, if you don't get your tolerances right, you're, you're dealing with a high velocity projectile uh-huh. and it's trapped inches away from your face. So, uh, there's a safety concern for sure. Well, that would be a deal breaker for me. Well, and there's, you know, there's a safety concern and it goes down with how much research do you do? How, you know, diligent are you in just not slapping something together? How diligent are you in sourcing your materials? But there are certain techniques and manufacturing processes that you're just not going to be able to replicate at home, such as like welded well, welding, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not going to have access to the super high quality materials that can, you know, take the stresses. But, uh, you know, there are a awful lot of people that do make homemade suppressors now because um, m- in much the same way that you can apply uh, for a tax stamp with the ATF to make your own short barrel firearm, it's called a Form 1, you can do the same thing with a suppressor. You can get kits online. Uh, and then once your application is approved, uh, you, you can e-file these now and it's quicker, but it still takes a while. Um, once that's approved, you can drill the holes in the components. Um, well, you know, if I'm going to build a, a jewelry cabinet for my wife, if I mess up on that, nobody's going to get hurt. Mm-hmm. It just might not look right. Right. But if I mess up on building something like a suppressor – any any firearm part, I mean, there could be consequences. Well, Alex had mentioned buying a kit online that there are some really good prefab kits that you can buy online. Okay. But we got to rewind to made in Texas that everything has to be made oh, okay. here in Texas. And you can still use those kits uh, for a federally compliant suppressor. You just you have to wait until your application is approved to assemble it. Um, okay, so but yeah. what we're talking about, House Bill 957, that's only going to save you from applying for the tax stamp if all of the parts are are here in Texas and it's made in Texas. Well, it's not just all the parts made in Texas that um, the Commerce Clause. Am I correct yeah, on the, that? The Commerce Clause. So some guy in Oklahoma is selling you a kit and he ships it, and all you do is three final steps to make it a complete suppressor. The fact that it came from Oklahoma, it, it doesn't mm-hmm. it doesn't fit the, the mold here. Uh, secondly, like people can set up shop here, that outfits can set up suppressor shops here, and the prefab kit can be made in Texas. And now it's legit that 
all you got to do is drill a hole down the middle of it, mm-hmm. engrave your name as the manufacturer, put a serial number on it. But then we run into uh, the commerce clause where, let's say, this outfit in Texas with Texas-made parts is selling a prefab kit. What if they're hosting their website in California? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or selling outside the state. But not even selling outside the state. But let's just say that there is some connection of their business that gets done across state lines, like their website. Mm-hmm. They don't sell anything outside of Texas. They don't talk to anybody outside of Texas. None of their products are ever shipped outside of Texas, and every one that they sell stays within the state. If they advertise on a website that's hosted in California, there's an argument that that is interstate commerce. The broad, the definition of interstate commerce is so broad it's it's been interpreted to be as broad as possible by the courts at, in in the past that basically any business they've even expanded the definition of what is business what's commerce mm-hmm. to a comical level so it allows them to essentially regulate everything okay we've talked about those seven laws um great laws that are going to protect gun owners in Texas uh, because Marquardt Law Firm sponsors the show and we focus on business and estate law, including last wills, living trusts, and tax-protected inheritance plans, I like to talk about legacy, inheritance, uh, heritage. And, uh, Jonathan, you brought up that you see lots of collectibles. You, you have collectibles for sale. So one question I wanted to ask you, a lot of people ask me, is – you know, say they're they're passing down a collection upon death, but nobody in the family wants these firearms. They they don't hunt, they don't collect, they're just not interested. They're they're not bad people, they're just not interested. How could they use your services? How could they get some help from you? Yeah, that's great. So we do estate liquidations. But okay. to properly properly liquidate an estate, um, most of the time we need to assess a value of a specific collection. Mm-hmm. A lot of times these are huge collections with a good amount of value in them. And that's a service that we provide for free that if you want to come in and I can write you up a written estimate of what you have and what it's what it's worth potentially, what it needs to be insured for, then that helps the, the law firm immensely too. That, hey, yeah. we know what we're dealing with here. Uh, we know what the approximate value is. We know how to divide up the estate. So that's a service that we provide. Okay. And do you see families come in where they're um, passing down these uh, collections and their values? Regularly. That uh, a lot of times it's problematic that um, one guy's hobby is another guy's, uh, you know, it's it's a problem to deal with. Mm -hmm. He's got an enormous amount of value locked up in a collection that takes up a a wing of a house. Mm -hmm. And the rest of the family may not be interested in the firearms. Maybe they will be. Maybe that they can divide them up and the family enjoys the shooting sports and the collecting aspect. But if they need to liquidate it, turn it into money, then uh, it's a great avenue for them. Okay, good. I'm glad I asked. If you had to um, talk about the the values that you want to pass down, what would be something you would point to? Values that that you want uh, the city of San Antonio to uh, to benefit from having Adel Bridge in in the city or uh, the state or the community uh, that you know we're great upstanding company that uh, we do business the right way, that uh, we've got an awesome reputation, that we've got uh, thousands of of positive reviews that we're known as a great place to do business, uh, super easy guys to do business with, that we can get you in and out with uh, whatever you need as quickly as possible. Okay. Alex, you're a big fan of collectibles. Tell us about um, a collectible that you've uh, seen or heard about. Um, firearm specific? Yeah. Yeah. So there was something, mm, yeah, there was something I saw in your shop a couple weeks ago and, or maybe it was a couple of months ago. I think you showed me, what was it? The, uh, was it the FAL? 
Yeah, we stock a lot of FALs. That, that, that um, was an old one. What is that? The, what does FAL stand for? It's a Belgian weapon. Um, it translates into uh, fusil automatic leger, something uh, okay. full automatic rifle. Um, it's uh, the right arm of the free world. That uh, it was a Belgian design, and it came out in the late forties, early fifties, and extremely popular. It's popular among uh, collectors. Kind of hard to get your hands on a quality mm-hmm. one, and we definitely stock them. We stock semi-automatics we stock fully automatics um nfa items we're discussing silencers that mm-hmm. uh, but you have others yeah yeah machine guns and short barrel rifle short barrel shotguns we specialize in all of that stuff so these are uh nfa regulated items mm-hmm. that they're uh, yeah. specialty items alex what's the best way to pass down an nfa regulated item a trust uh absolutely um if you have it in a trust, you can designate who you want the beneficiaries to be. You can have it protected from liability. You can direct how you want these items to be uh, distributed or uh, preserved um, after you're gone. And you can make sure that the, the, the legacy you want to leave behind and that these things that were important to you um, are preserved or or passed down to who you want them to go to or to people that you think will appreciate them yeah that's a big deal yeah thank you guys for joining me uh we're at the end of the show uh remember Adelbridge and company firearms on uh, san pedro uh this weekend especially uh having a big event for uh celebrating america's independence uh it's a great way to do it celebrating our freedom and celebrating the law, the new laws that were passed in Texas. Listen in next time. Thanks. Thank you. For years, we've heard how important it is to avoid probate through a living trust. You want to do the best thing, but frankly, don't quite understand what probate is or how a living trust can help you. Attorney Todd Marquardt can help. He makes it easy to understand so you can avoid what a nightmare probate could be for your family. Call and make an appointment. Marquardt Law Firm makes it so simple to set up a living trust so you can feel secure now. Call Marquardt Law Firm and find out how a living trust can help your loved one settle your affairs without a judge in court. Call 210-530-4278. That's 210-530-4278. 4278.